Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 35. Hey, hey, hey! I can't believe we made it. This is what we're thankful. This is what we're She about to go stupid. Talk to these niggas, Beyonce! Give me my check. Put some respect on my check. Pay me an equity. Pay me an equity. Watch me reverse out of dicks. We got a bad bitch, bad bitch. We live in lavish, lavish. I got expensive fabrics. Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 35 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, back like Jordan, wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaged with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there busting their ass. And thank you to all the people out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. Man, we are going to have such a great, great, great show today. And it's always, we always have to start the shows with thank yous first. I'm so excited about today's show. We always have to start with the thank yous first. The thank yous are very, very, very important. And we are going to have a great, 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 great show today, man. It is fully packed. I'm in an amazing mood. I am highly caffeinated. I am ready to go. So let's fucking get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was Ape Shit from the Carters, which obviously comprises of Beyonce and Jay-Z off of the album Everything is Love. And man, I swear, like, Beyonce is an amazing artist, an amazing singer, an amazing person, at least from what I know. Obviously, I don't know her personally. Um, And she has, she makes amazing music. But when she gets into her her edgy bag like when she breaks off of the traditional r&b sound like so you guys are obviously familiar with some of her great hits like you know deja vu me myself and i check up on it upgrade you irreplaceable um single ladies halo um countdown party shit like that those are the traditional r&b type slash pop type songs but when she gets into her edgy like trap Beyonce bag that is when I love Beyonce the most that is like the most enjoyable music for me when it comes to Beyonce like when she is like talking her popping her shit like cussing and all that like that is just like 
when I love Beyonce the most, when she's when she turns into trap Beyonce. And like for uh the Carter's album was amazing because she was in that bag on there. And Lemonade is my favorite Beyonce album ever because it's literally just her popping her shit. Like she's just popping her shit. She's getting her shit off. Like, and it's amazing. So Lemonade definitely is my favorite Beyonce album. Um, and this Carter's album is fantastic. So I just had to show her a little bit of love because that's when I really, really enjoy Beyonce music when she is super fucking edgy and she's getting her shit off. Like that is when Beyonce takes her her amazing uh, super talentedness to the next level. Which Then you don't even think she can get to another level. She takes it there every time. So and I wanted to play the song because that debate. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about it. That debate was completely ape shit. So I just felt like with all those factors together, it was the perfect intro. So shout out to Beyonce, man. Shout out to Jay-Z. And shout out to when Beyonce turns into trap Beyonce. That's the best, one of the best versions of her ever. Shout out to her. And now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast, Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx Fact for today is... The Lehman Center for Performing Arts is the borough of the Bronx's premier concert hall and one of New York's finest and most exciting non-for-profit performing arts centers. From timeless musicians like B.B. King to popular musicians like Hair, I'm sorry, from popular musicals like Hair, the Lehman Center has plenty of Manhattan-style entertainment without paying Manhattan prices. For more information on how to get tickets or how to donate, you can visit LehmanCenter.org. That is your Bronx Fact for episode number 35. Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, so we're getting right to the shits. Our top topic this week is, of course, the first iteration of the 2020 presidential debates between the current president donald j trump and the challenger joe biden former vice president under the obama administration this was an event that will probably definitely go down in history um but it's not gonna go down in history for great reasons it's gonna be it's more of a, a infamous moment than a famous moment you know what i'm saying so uh let's just start with the facts i'm gonna read you a, a small article from the new york times and then we'll go from there so let's start the article's title is a debate mess it was unlike any presidential debate before from the opening moments President Trump repeatedly interrupted Joe Biden and told lies about Trump's own tax payments, Biden's health care plan, the environment and voting by mail. 
As a result, last night's debate was almost impossible to watch, and it did little to shed light on the biggest issues facing the country or the substantive differences between the two candidates. One of Trump's own debate advisor, former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, called his performance, quote, too hot. At one point during the debate, the moderator, Chris Wallace of Fox News, said, quote, Mr. President, your campaign agreed both sides get two minute answers uninterrupted. Your side agreed. Observe what your campaign agreed to. Afterwards, Jonathan Martin of the New York Times wrote, quote, the president's bulldozer style tactics represented an extraordinary risk for an incumbent who was trailing Mr. Biden in large part because voters, including some who even supported him in 2016, are so fatigued by his near daily attacks and outbursts. Annie Applebaum of The Atlantic wrote, quote, the point of Trump's performance in that debate was to undermine competence in the election and in democracy his, itself. Biden, on the other hand, was not always sharp. He rarely is during debates. Last night, he struggled to he sometimes stumbled over words and struggled to make his points. Even when Trump gave him openings, Biden did not always take advantage. In other moments, though, Biden conveyed his ideas clearly. Biden made the debate about the country and not and the American people and not about Trump. The historian Heather Cox Richardson wrote in her newsletter. While Trump listed his own grievances, Biden spoke to the camera, asking Americans what they needed and what they think. He behaved as previous presidential candidates of both parties have during debates. Trump did not. With his performance, he seemed to reject the basic idea of allowing American voters to hear from both candidates. Now, fam, that fucking debate, to be frank, was a two-hour cocaine-fueled shit show. It was a fucking coke-fueled fever dream. I literally felt the brain cells in my head disintegrating the longer and longer the shit went on. Chris Christie called Trump too hot. I call Trump coked the fuck up. Now, when I say drugs, people, I'm not talking about the soft stuff. I'm talking about cocaine. That's right. Smack, booger sugar, white girl. Got tons of names for it. Fam, the shit was so fucking bad that the newsmen and newswomen who were covering it couldn't even speak coherently without cussing. I want to play you a small clip from the CNN anchors Jake Tapper and Dana Bash and their comments as soon as the debate ended. The shit was absolutely bonkers that Jake Tapper couldn't even speak without using slang terms and Dana Bash couldn't even help but cuss. Listen to this shit. Well, that was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. That was the worst debate I have ever seen. In fact, it wasn't even a debate. It was a disgrace. Um, and it's primarily because of President Trump, uh, who spent the entire time interrupting, not abiding by the rules that he agreed to, 
lying, maliciously attacking the son of the vice president. When asked to uh, condemn white supremacists, uh, he brought up the name of a neo-fascist far-right group and said, stand back and stand by. Um, I will talk about who won the debate, who lost the debate, but I can tell you I'll one thing for sure. The American people lost tonight because that was horrific. You just took the words out of my mouth. Um, you used some high-minded language. I'm just going to say it like it is. That was a shit show. <laughs> and, you know, we're on cable. We can say that. Apologies for being um, maybe a little bit crude, but that is really the, the phrase that I'm getting more, you know, from people on both sides of the aisle on text, and it's the only phrase that I can think of to really describe it. And I couldn't agree with you more, Jake. The people who have been hurt the most by that are the people who are genuinely looking to see what each candidate stands for and who they should vote for. <laughs> it was so fucking nuts, dog. It was so nuts. Like, it was completely and utterly bonkers. Like, bonkers. And so the debate aside, right, between how, you know, they behaved. Let's talk about the moderator, Chris Wallace. Oh, my God. Talk about a fucking doormat, dog. Trump definitely knew that Wallace was a punching bag. And to his credit, he stomped all over him like a fucking staircase, dog. <laughs> Trump, I will say, he's like a, he's a shark, bro. He's a shark. Like, he smelled blood in the water, and he go. He go off. Like, I mean, of course, he's a liar. He's a racist. He's a white supremacist. He's a bigot. We all know that. But unfortunately, like, in a debate, especially where the moderator is, is a doormat and cannot keep control, and where Biden, your opponent, is a decent human being and motherfucking Teresa compared to him that usually works in his favor. And, but this time around, um, I think that his shark like tactics and his just complete disrespect for Biden and for the moderator, I think it backfired this time. And, um, Trump was wilding so fucking heavy. He was, he was bugging so hard that motherfucking Joe Biden was so frustrated by it that one, he told him to shut up. Two, he called him a clown. And three, he even fucking said, inshallah. Like, Joe Biden was so fucking frustrated, he started fucking speaking in Arabic using Muslim phrases, bro. Bruh. Now, I know a lot of people may not know what that means, that word inshallah means, um, but I was fucking shocked when I heard it. Here, I'm gonna read you guys uh, the CNN article because they heard it exactly when I heard it. And they wrote a whole article on CNN. This is from Tamara Kib Lowley from CNN. The headline. Biden uses inshallah to respond to Trump during debate, lighting up Twitter. During one of the more charged moments of the chaotic U.S. presidential debate, former Vice President dropped a phrase from everyday Muslim and Arab vocabulary, and it lit up the Internet. Pressing Donald Trump on when the American public would get to see his long-anticipated tax returns, Biden questioned when, inshallah. In certain vernaculars, inshallah serves as a noncommittal response to a question. 
taken literally, the term inshallah consists of three Arabic words, in, sha, and Allah, which translate to if God wills it. Spiritually, it represents a submission to God's will. Yes, Biden said inshallah during the hashtag debates 2020, uh, tweeted political commentator Wahajat Ali. It literally means God willing, but it's often used to mean, yeah, never going to happen. So when Biden called the president out on his amorphous sense of timing around his long promised tax returns, inshallah seemed to hit the nail on the head for those well versed in Muslim and Arab culture. Trump has never released his tax returns to the public, something out of step with previous Republican and Democratic incumbents. For many in the Muslim and Arab world, the phrase retains its original spiritual purpose, far from provoking license for fickle behavior. Inshallah represents a relinquishment of control over the uncontrollable. It is an acknowledgement that when one will try to fulfill their goal, there could be godlike circumstances in the way. To many, it, the utterance of the phrase is an exercise in humility. Fam, when a white guy is so frustrated or so annoyed or so perturbed or whatever the fucking word is that he just busts out the straight Arabic, you know you got some shit cooking. You know you got some shit on your hands that's, that is fucking wild and out of fucking control. Homie said, inshallah, I was sitting in my fucking bed. I was like, I couldn't, I didn't, I thought I didn't hear it right. I was like, this nigga Biden speaking Arabic right now? Like, are you fucking kidding me? So, bro, like, it was, it was so crazy to me. It was just, watching that shit was so crazy. It didn't even feel real. Like, it didn't even feel real that these old ass men were on that stage bugging the fuck out the way that they were. It was just so fucking, it was so jarring to watch, to witness. And you're like, pinch me. Am I fucking dreaming? Like, what the fuck is happening right now? That shit was an absolute roller coaster, dog. It was a fucking, I don't even know what to say. It was like, basically, if you could think of getting on a bull, like in Spain, how they do the running of the bulls or the bullfighting, think of getting on a bull with no rope, with no harness, and just literally on the ride as the bull is bucking and trying to kick you off of him. Like, that is how I could sum up this debate in in in, a, in an analogy-type form or format. Like, man. But you know what? And another part of it was it, it changed so frequently, it kept morphing into different forms. Like, at one point, I, you could even laugh at the shit because they were fucking dissing each other like it was fucking, like it was a, a, a deaf comedy jam. They turned the debate into fucking deaf comedy jam. Like, Trump was out here dissing the shit out of Joe Biden. Joe Biden was so fucking frustrated. He started fucking speaking Arabic. He called him a clown. He told him to shut up. Like, the whole shit was just a debacle. And what I have is uh, a compilation, if you will, of some of the best insults that were traded back and forth from Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. I actually am not a fan of him at all. But some of his disses, they was I right. like and I actually like I had to chuckle a little bit at some of the fucking insults that he was hurting at Joe Biden. And Joe Biden had to fire back too. So I have a little short clip of 
some of the best insults that um, they hurled back and forth at each other from the debate. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. I want to make sure. You ordered last in your class, not first in your class. And he's a fool on this. If you, you were a senator, and you're the, the worst way, you president voice, America has ever had. Hey, hey, Joe, let, me, let me just tell you, Joe, I've done more in in 47 months. I've done more than you've done in 47 years, Joe. A lot of people died. And a lot more are going to die unless he gets a lot smarter, a lot quicker. So, Mr. President, did you use the word smart? You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you, Jeff. Under this president, we become weaker, sicker, poorer, more divided, and more violent. Well, he wants to shut down this country. He will destroy this country, and I want to keep it open. And we you did a great thing by shutting it, shut it down. Wait a minute, Jeff. Let, let me shut her. you down for a second, Jeff, just for one second. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question is, the radical question, left, will you shut who is up, your, man? Listen, you just lost the left. You agreed with Bernie Sanders on a plan. How, folks, absolutely folks, agreed do you have to. any idea what this clown's doing? Call. You picked me a surprise. The wrong guy, the wrong night at the wrong time. Know how to get the job. Well, you done. didn't do very well in swine flu. H one N one. You were a disaster. Your own chief of staff said you were a disaster. Fourteen thousand people died. Not two hundred thousand. There was a no very, economic let, recession. Let, let, sir, you made a there, was, right now, there was no recession. Disease, you made a point. Let him answer it, sir. With a billion dollars, if you that is if you're, you know what you're wait, not stop. true. You're, you're doing it. You're going to have tape. true, gentlemen. Is, <laughs> I hate to raise my voice, but I see it seems to be. Why shouldn't I be different than the two of you? (laughs) Dog. Like, again, I do not support Donald Trump. I do not like Donald Trump personally. I do not think that he is a good president. I do not think that he is a decent human being. That's my opinion. But that's a funny motherfucker, bro. (laughs) That is a funny ass dude man he said did you use the word smart with me you graduated the lowest in your class <laughs> yo trump bro he's funny dog i'm again i do not support him in any way form shape or fashion this shit was a complete circus freak show where two 70-year-old men acted like fucking kids, bro. Like, dang. I will not be watching another one of these things. I need to keep the brain cells in my head. Um, I felt my brain cells literally evaporating. Like, as I watched Chris Wallace try to gain back control, bro. So, I am good on any other future fucking debates. And I will leave you with this for the opening segment. You motherfuckers better go out and fucking vote, bro. You motherfuckers better go out and vote because we cannot take another four years of Donald fucking Trump. That's a fact. I don't care, honestly. You know, you guys maybe have party loyalty, like Republican Party loyalty or whatever you guys don't like. You guys actually like that Trump is not a career politician, but at a certain point, You got to get smarter. You got to get smarter. And it's like everything that he said about COVID was wrong, right? Everything that he said about COVID was wrong. 
And then I get a, a news alert on my phone and I'm not going to go too far into it. But this motherfucker gets COVID. This motherfucker, Donald Trump, got COVID. I get a news alert Friday morning because I record on Saturdays. I get a news alert Friday morning saying that Donald Trump and his wife tested positive for the coronavirus. So everything that he said about COVID, uh, it was a hoax from the left um, that uh, 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 it was created uh, to help uh, get him out of the office. Um, that is nothing to worry about, that we were doing pretty good about it. And then we found out that he actually knew how bad it was and that he disclosed that to a reporter who was writing a book and he willingly withheld uh, uh, information about it, allowed citizens to protest federal buildings against the coronavirus pandemic in Michigan, in Ohio, in Idaho. And then even on the debate, tried to make fun of Joe Biden for wearing a mask saying, quote, Joe Biden is 200 feet away from people, but wears a mask and it's the biggest mask that he's ever seen. Like at a certain point, dog, you have to say, look, even though you may fuck with him, you know, people who are Trump supporters, even if you do fuck with him, like because you just like that he's not a traditional politician, you like that he doesn't necessarily worry about offending people because he's quote unquote self-funded dog you gotta really wake the fuck up and think about what he has allowed people to believe and do based off what he said if you just take covid 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 to over two hundred thousand confirmed deaths from covid and you say look he came out and one misled everyone and said the shit wasn't nothing to worry about. He said that you could take bleach and rub it on yourself and that helps. He said that uh, we only had 11 cases when we had way more. He said that the COVID shit was a hoax. He said that masks aren't really necessary. He said all of those things. And then that motherfucker gets COVID. So it's at this point, fam. Trump has to go, man. He's worn out his welcome. And if you are a Trump supporter and you're still supporting him, even with all the shit that is happening and him getting COVID and him, President Trump himself and his wife getting COVID, then clearly I know that this is not a politics thing. If you're telling me that you still support Donald Trump in the midst of this COVID crisis where he claimed that COVID was a hoax, where he withheld information on COVID, where he allowed citizens of the country to protest against COVID, and then he got COVID his fucking self, and you still support Donald Trump? I know that it's not about politics at this point. It is clearly racially motivated. Clearly racially motivated. I have that shit too. I'm going to get that shit for you. I'm going to play that clip of Donald Trump literally making fun of Joe Biden for wearing a mask. And that nigga gets COVID, bro. He got COVID. Donald Trump got COVID. Fam, this shit is a complete mess. It's a complete shit show. You motherfuckers better go out there and vote. And let me find, let me play this clip of Donald Trump making fun of Joe Biden for, for wearing a mask in the midst of COVID. And then he got COVID. President Trump, you have country. begun to increasingly question the effectiveness 
of masks as a disease preventer. And in fact, recently you have cited the, the issue of, of waiters touching their masks and touching plates. Are you questioning the, no, I the, think the masks efficacy are okay. of, of You have masks? to understand, if you look, I mean, I have a mask right here. I put a mask on, you know, when I think I need it. Tonight, as an example, everybody's had a test and you've had social distancing and all of the things that you have to, but I Just wear like masks when needed. When needed, I wear masks. Okay, let me ask. I don't have, I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking 200 feet away from it. He shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. Mask <laughs> makes a big difference. His own head of CDC. Irony is a bitch. Irony is a bitch, bro. A fucking bitch. Man, wow. Unbelievable. I got more shit to talk about in terms of Donald Trump, but um, I'm going to move on with the show. I don't want to do 40 straight minutes on Trump. So let's move on. <laughs> so you guys, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying it and repeating it for the one millionth time because I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you have for me. And guys, I truly, 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 truly appreciate the love. And I truly appreciate the support that you guys really do for me, man. You, it, I tell you, it's like the highlight of my week when I'm preparing for the show and I look in the inbox and there's questions there. People give a fuck. People listen to the show and I'm just so thankful. I'm so grateful for that. So I'm going to answer some of the questions that I have received here. The first one says, what songs or albums are in your current listening rotation? Great question. Great, great, great question. There's a lot of shit that came out. Um, on Friday, Mad Albums came out and I didn't even have a chance to listen to them. So they're not in my rotation yet. So don't get mad at me when I don't say them. Um, I think Savage Mode 2, 21 Savage and Metro Boomin came out. Westside Gun dropped another project called Who Made the Sunshine? I haven't, chance to, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Um, The Alchemist dropped a project called The Doctor, um, called A Doctor, Painter and The Alchemist. Uh, Smoke Dizza dropped an album called Homegrown. Uh, ASAP Ferg had an album out called a uh, Floor Seats 2. Uh, Bryson Tiller dropped an album. I haven't even gotten a chance to listen to Alicia Keys album. So there's mad shit that I have not listened to. So please don't get mad at me when I, you know, when I ha when I don't say that these current albums aren't in my rotation. My current music rotation right now is. Uh, only for Dolphins by Action Bronson. That shit is fucking incredible. I love Action Bronson. I am a super, super fan of Action Bronson. Like he is, he, I don't even know how to describe him. He's super, super funny. He picks the, the most off kilter beats, but he murders them. No one picks beats like Action Bronson. No one picks beats like Action Bronson. No one has metaphors like Action Bronson. Like he's just so... He's so left field and he does it so well. Like that's his lane. He, and he's so great at the off, the non-traditional shit in rap or the jokes that he makes in his rap that it's just amazing. I'm a really big fan of him. So I'm listening to Only for Dolphins. 
I'm listening to The Liz by Armani Caesar. I talked about that last week. Shout out to Armani Caesar. I'm listening to the Versace tape by Boldy James. And shout out to Boldy James, man. Like, I'm a super music groupie. Like, you guys know that. Hip-hop music, I'm a groupie for. Art, I'm a, I'm a groupie for. In terms of, like, people who can do illustrations and people who can paint and people who can draw and shit like that. So people who make music and people who are illustrators, I'm, like, a major groupie for. Like, super groupie. Because I just really respect that part of the brain that allows you to make that right so i'm on twitter right brief story i'm on twitter and i'm listening to the versace tape and he has two songs on versace tape that i just can't get enough of it's those songs that just get stuck in your head it's called one is called new wave and one is called brick van axel so i tweeted on what was that on thursday i want to say it was i think i think it was thursday thursday night i tweeted um, I cannot stop playing these fucking songs with the fire emoji. And I posted a screenshot of New Wave and Brick Van Axel by Boldy James off the Versace tape. And I added Jay Versace in it because he produced all the songs on the Versace tape. And I added Boldy James. And it's not a big deal, but it's kind of a big deal to me. Boldy James saw it and he retweeted it. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, yo, he fuck with me. <laughs> Obviously, it's not like, you know, big deal. He don't know me. It's big deal. He retweeted your shit. But I don't know. I'm just I'm just such a groupie for music and artists and musicians that, you know, little shit like that is cool. Like, it's just so cool. Like, I just fuck with Boldy James. I fuck with his music. I fuck with his rap style. And he fucking retweeted me like that was awesome. So. Shout out to Boldy James, man. Shout out to Boldy James. Shout out to Jay Versace. I'm also listening to From King to God by Conway the Machine. That is his best album to date. He is going stupid on there. Um, I'm listening to The Light Pack by Joey Badass. It's a three-track EP, and he's going stupid on there. I'm listening to Hit Different by Sizz and Ty Dolla Sign, because Sizz is my baby. And Ty Dolla Sign's amazing. Um, I'm listening to Living Off Experience by The Locks. Shout out to the motherfucking Locks. Styles P, Jadakiss, and Sheik Louch. They are rapping, rapping on that shit. They're rapping, rapping on that shit. They are three of the nicest lyricists in hip hop still. Shout out to Jada. Shout out to Sheik Louch. Shout out to Styles P. Living Off Experience. That's the name of the album. And I am still heavy 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 on this tiana taylor um album called the album because tiana taylor is amazing she is so fucking talented she just welcomed her second child congratulations to her and her album is so fucking good it's i'm still on it i think that shit came out in like maybe june i don't even know when that shit came out i think it came out in like june or something i'm still on that shit heavy because she did her fucking thing on that shit. So those are the albums in my rotation. Only for Dolphins, Action Bronson, The Liz by Armani Caesar, The Versace Tape by Boldy James, From King to God by Conway the Machine, The Light Pack by Joey Badass, Hit Different by SZA and Ty Dolla Sign, Living Off Experience by The Locks, and The Album by Tiana Taylor. So if you guys haven't heard those shits, I recommend them. They're all fantastic. And the last one says, who is a slept on living legend? Now, I initially thought of like the 
living legends that you wouldn't naturally think of like in art and music and in sports and shit like that so for example in sports you would think serena williams or lebron or kd or Kyrie or tim duncan or you know shaq um you know people like that living people who are still alive and legends or in music you would think of jay-z or kanye or andre 3000 or nas or beyonce or rihanna or drake or shit like that like living legends in the more popular fields but my answer to this question is a i'm gonna take you a little left the most slept on living legend in my opinion is alex motherfucking trebek it doesn't matter if you're rich it doesn't matter if you're poor it doesn't matter if you're black it doesn't matter if you're white it doesn't matter if you're a democrat or if you're a republican if you're a vegetarian if you're a uh, a meditarian it does not matter in where you align in your life you know who alex trebek motherfucking is you know jeopardy you've watched jeopardy you have been frustrated when you get the answers wrong. You've surprised yourself how, by how many answers you've gotten right. And every single person on this planet knows who fucking Alex Trebek is. He is 100% a slept on living legend. Shout out to Alex Trebek. Shout out to Jeopardy. I watch Jeopardy literally every day. I watch Jeopardy every day. And um, people don't know. Throughout late 2019 and throughout 2020, Alex Trebek has still been doing the show Jeopardy every single time while he's in the midst of battling cancer. Now, I believe the cancer is in remission. It was it was a, a pancreatic cancer, which is one of the most deadly versions. And he does not complain. He gets up. He does the show. He is the fucking man. More life to Alex fucking Trebek, a living legend, a slept on great Shout out to Alex Trebek, and that is my answer. The most slept on living legend, aside from the obvious in music and in entertainment, is Alex motherfucking Trebek. Shout out to Alex Trebek, the God. Um, And thank you again, guys, for the questions. I really, truly, truly, truly appreciate you guys. I appreciate that you guys listen. I appreciate that you guys ask questions. I appreciate that you guys give feedback. I appreciate that you guys give a fuck about what the fuck I got to say. And, um, man, I just, it's such a blessing, man. It's such a blessing. So, um, thank you again for the questions. And I truly look forward to engaging with y'all more and answering more and more of you guys' questions. Next on the docket, I want to talk again about voting. I want to talk again about voting. I want to talk again about voting. I'm talking about voting until the election. I did a whole episode, episode 20 about voting and different ways about voter suppression and i was basically ranting literally ranting about voter suppression and the notion that people have that say that their vote doesn't count and my rebut to that basically is well if your vote doesn't count if you truly believe that which is fine i can't tell anybody how to think that's like not my job my job on this pod is not to tell people how to think it is to provide my opinions and facts to support them. And people have this notion that their vote does not matter or that black votes don't matter, right? 
And that's just whatever you think, how you think you've been exposed to certain information that makes you believe a certain way. I cannot tell anybody how to think. And I would never expect people to believe 100% of the things that I say just because I say them and I believe them. That is poor thinking. But I want to read you another article about voter suppression and in general or not in general and specifically voter suppression targeted at black people. I'm going to read you this article from Donald about Donald Trump. Trump's 2016 campaign accused of deterring millions of African-Americans from voting. Securing the black vote is pivotal to winning an election. Yet, instead of pandering to catch the black electorate's eye or maybe running on a platform that would actually help their lives, Donald Trump is being accused of taking back of taking the back door by discouraging black Americans from hitting the polls. Trump allegedly created a concentrated secret effort to sway about 3.5 million black voters from voting in 16 battleground states, some of which he narrowly won the Guardian notes. He did this by deliberately targeting black voters with negative ads about Hillary Clinton via Facebook, which damaged the black Democratic vote. These claims come as a result, come as the result of an investigation by Channel 4 News. During the investigation, the British news program leaked a copy of a vast election database it says was used by the Trump campaign in 2016. The database contained records of 198 million Americans and included details about domestic and economic status acquired from market research firms. It also segregated voters into eight categories. The category called deterrence listed voters who were likely to vote for Clinton or not vote at all. This category was disproportionately black and targeted by Trump's campaign team. The goal of this was to convince the potential voters that not hitting the polls was better than voting for Hillary Clinton. This was done by using, quote, dark adverts on their Facebook feeds that attacked Clinton and often argued that she does not care about the black population. The effort was reportedly created by Cambridge Analytica, the, analyt the election consultant company that stopped trading last year after it was revealed that it used unethical tricks to help candidates win elections, like gaining unauthorized access to Facebook information. Trump's effort to lead millions of Mac to, to lead millions of black voters who turned out to vote for Barack Obama in 2012 stayed home when Hillary Clinton was running for president. As imagined, Trump's attempts to suppress the black vote did not sit well with community leaders. Facebook did not confirm how many ads were run by Trump in 2016, but did say since 2016, elections have changed and so has Facebook. What happened with Cambridge Analytica could not happen today. And Trump and his administration have previously denied the accusations and declined to comment on the investigation. Listen. Again, I am not on this podcast to try to tell people how to think. I'm not on this podcast to make everybody agree with me and make people believe what the fuck I'm saying or what the fuck I believe. 
That is poor thinking. I understand that everybody out there has their own mind. I understand that everybody out there has their own interests. I understand that everybody out there has their own opinions. But when it comes to black people, and this is a sentiment that I hear too many times with black people, that our votes don't count. The question that I have to pose to you is, if you're a black person out there and you believe that your vote does not count, then why are all of these efforts being taken to stop you from voting? Why? If you are a person out there who believes that you do not need to vote, that the shit is already decided, that they do not count black votes, that you do not care about black votes, that you do not care about black opinions, then why time after time are there cases where lawmakers or people in positions of power actively try to stop black people from voting? Ask yourself that question. You could listen to episode 20 of this podcast. I'm not going to relive that podcast for you. You could listen to what I just read to you from the Trump campaign in 2016. There are a number of instances in recent history as early as the Civil Rights Act or the Voting Rights Act, I should say, to now, 2016, the most recent election where people in positions of power, people in elected positions actively try and suppress black people from voting why is that if your vote does not matter you have to ask yourself that question ask yourself i'm a person who believes our votes fucking matter and i want to encourage every black person out there to go and fucking vote get registered there's so many ways to do it you can vote by mail you can vote in person. It's There are plenty of ways to do it. And there are so many ways to register now. There are so many registration sites online. You could do it from your phone. It takes three minutes tops. I encourage every black person out there to go fucking vote. And just ask yourself, if you're a person who doesn't believe, you know, I'm not saying that you have to agree with me because I'm on a podcast and I'm saying it. I'm just saying, think about it. Just think, just take two minutes and think, you know, you can listen to episode 20 of this podcast if you feel so inclined to hear what else I'm talking about. If your vote doesn't matter, if black votes don't matter, if there is no point in voting, if you believe that, that there is no point in voting, then why are so many politicians, why are so many elected officials and why are campaigns literally designing ways to stop black people from voting? And once you have that answer, hit me. Hit me up. Instagram, Twitter, get in touch with me. Tell me because it, it literally two plus two make four every fucking time. Every time. Two plus two make four. If you telling me that black people don't vote. Or no, let me rephrase that black people shouldn't vote because black votes don't count. That's two. But I bring present to you the other version of 
Well, actually, that's not true. Black people do need to vote. And it's very important that they do vote because there are so many people out there who don't want black people to vote. You have to make it make sense to me because I can see clearly two plus two makes four. You got to show me how two plus two make three or two plus two make five. If black votes don't count, and I'll leave you with this again, if black votes do not count, then why are there so many attempts by people in positions of power to stop black people from voting? And I'll leave you with that. You hit me up when you think when you figure out that reason, when you figure that shit out, hit me up on Instagram and Twitter and we can have dialogue and I'll leave you with that. And last on the docket, of course, we're going to do our NFL. But before I get to the my predictions for the games and my record, um, I want to talk about the Steelers and the Titans. Man, the Steelers, of course, are my favorite team, if you guys don't know. But the Tennessee Titans had, I believe, five employees of the team and four players test positive for COVID. So the NFL had to cancel the Steelers-Tennessee Titans game that was scheduled for this Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m. And they had to flex it to week seven. So they basically forced the Tennessee Titans to have a bye week, which means a week off for this week. Um, And then they'll make up that game week seven, um, you know, to cover the missed game. But COVID shit is real, dog. COVID is real, bro. And, you know, I just want you guys to be safe. It can happen to anyone. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter if you're black, if you're white. COVID does not give a flying fuck. So be safe out there, guys. Use all the guidelines you have. If you're a Trump supporter, I know it's an L today that the guy who claims that the mask is bullshit, COVID is bullshit, got COVID. Just be safe out there, guys. Protect yourself. Protect one another. Use the CDC recommended guidelines and keep yourself safe. And now we can get into my NFL predictions. So I had a up and down week last week. There was some shits that happened that I couldn't even believe happened. Like, so after the fucking Atlanta Falcons debacle against Dallas, I said to myself, there's no way that Chicago's going to beat them, especially after what the fuck happened, right? And, you know, I'm thinking in my head, I said, if if Chicago beats Atlanta at home, then everybody has to get fired, right? So the game is going on. Atlanta jumps out to a big lead again. Atlanta has a fucking 26 to 10 lead going into the fourth quarter. They blow it again and they lose. And Dan Quinn still ain't fired. So that's all. That's bullshit. And how the fuck that was I supposed to know? that the fucking Philly Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals would end up in a tie. A tie is worse than a loss. Unbelievable. And also, who let me down too? The motherfucking uh, 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 Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray want to throw three interceptions and throw one pass to old man Larry Fitzgerald. And they lose the fucking game to Detroit. So, And I will never pick the fucking Giants to win another thing again. I thought the Giants could have an upset because the 49ers are decimated by injuries and they put up nine points. So with that being said, let's do week four. So I got the Thursday night game right. I'm happy about that. First game on the docket for week four on Sunday. 
Indianapolis Colts, Chicago Bears. Uh, Nick Foles is the quarterback of the Bears now. They seem like they got a little momentum from that, but I'm going to take the Colts because I think the Colts are a better team. Next game, Detroit Lions, New Orleans Saints. I'm going to take the Saints in that with or without Michael Thomas. My fantasy team would love Michael Thomas to play, but um, I I think that the Saints are just better than the Lions regardless, and the Saints have a lot to prove after Aaron Rodgers and the Packers spanked them last week. Next game, Arizona Cardinals, Carolina Panthers. I think that the Cardinals will win because um, they really paid poorly last week. They really paid poorly. Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals. Man, I like Joe Barrow. But if they don't protect Joe Barrow and really invest assets into getting an offensive line for him, that's going to be Andrew Luck 2.0. That's going to be Andrew Luck 2.0. So um, I really like Joe Barrow. I, I see... I see promise in him. I hope that he can stay healthy for the rest of the season. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars to win that game, though. Cleveland Browns and Dallas Cowboys. I was completely wrong about the Cleveland Browns last week against Washington. But the Dallas Cowboys defense is ass. And the Cleveland Browns defense is slightly better than Dallas, but it's really not that great. I think this is going to be a shootout game. And I think Dallas is more equipped on offense to win a shootout. So I'm going to take Dallas to beat Cleveland for this one. Uh, Minnesota Vikings and Houston Texans. Jesus Christ, the Minnesota Vikings look like absolute dog shit. The Minnesota Vikings look like dog shit and the fucking Texans look like dog shit as well. The Vikings did win last week against. uh... No, 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 no. I'm wrong. The Vikings lost last week against Tennessee and I picked that. But these are two dog shit teams. Uh, Man, I don't even know who to take. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Houston Texans to win. I'm going to take the Texans to win. I, I fuck with Deshaun Watson. When in doubt, choose the black guy. Choose the black quarterback. Uh, Seattle Seahawks and Miami Dolphins. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson is playing out of his fucking mind. He's trying to win a fucking MVP. He's trying to win a Super Bowl, actually, I should say. Their defense is bad, but Russell Wilson is cooking. He's cooking with grease. Hot grease. L.A. Chargers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got the Buccaneers. Tom Brady's looking great. He's looking like he's more and more comfortable each week with the Tampa offense. It sucks that Chris Godwin is hurt. Um, first, he had a concussion issue, and now he had an issue with his knee or his hamstring, I should say. I'm sorry. Um, but I still think Tampa Bay is good enough to beat Los Angeles, the Chargers. So I'm going to take Tampa. Baltimore Ravens against the Washington football team. After Baltimore got spranked by Kansas City on Monday Night Football and embarrassed, I expect them to annihilate Washington. I expect them to annihilate Washington. So I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens to win big in that one. New York Giants, Los Angeles Rams. The Giants and the Jets are the worst teams in football. I'm taking the Rams. New England Patriots and Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this is going to be special. Cam Newton is got a fucking renaissance the fountain of youth in new england and new england has had a tough schedule so far but they've played great in all of the games even in their losses i'm still going to take the kansas city chiefs especially after what they did to baltimore but i expect that game to be really close and really good probably the one of the best games of the weekend buffalo bills and las vegas raiders uh i'm going to take the bills i picked against the bills last week against the rams and uh the rams had a i mean I picked the Rams to beat the Bills. I'm, oh my God, I can't even fucking talk. I picked, <laughs> I picked 
the Rams to beat the Bills at home. And the Bills had a big lead. And then the Rams started making a furious comeback. But then at the end, they got a questionable penalty and they ended up losing to Buffalo. But I'm going to choose Buffalo to beat Las Vegas. Vegas has a pretty decent offense. Defense is shaky. Buffalo's hot. They're going to keep winning. And uh, what else we got? Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers. I want the Eagles to win. I like Carson Wentz, like I said previously, but they're not going to win. They're not going to beat San Francisco. And Monday Night Football is uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta, Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus fucking Christ, Atlanta. I don't have any confidence in you guys, man. I think Julio Jones should be back this week, but Green Bay, I'm taking my guy Aaron Rodgers. Aaron motherfucking Rodgers to win. And Thursday Night Football for week five, just so I can get a head start, because again, I record on Saturdays. Thursday night football is the Chicago Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I will take the Buccaneers in a home upset of the Chicago Bears. So those are my picks. Last week, week three, I went nine, six and one fucking tie. Unbelievable. So my overall record is 28, 19 and one. Let's hope I have a great week this week picking games. And again, guys, please do not bet with my picks. I do not want to lose any of you guys' money and you guys to hate me for it. I just am a big fan of the game and I like the game, so I pick the game. I'm trying to. I'm gonna to try to finish the season above 500. But again, do not bet your money on with what I say about football, please. Because if you guys lose money, I damn sure ain't gonna help you recoup. Um, and do with that what you will. Um, glad the NFL's back. Hope that Pittsburgh and Tennessee are okay. Well, Pittsburgh wasn't exposed. I should just say Tennessee. I hope that everyone who was exposed to COVID um, has a speedy recovery and um, is able to play at the best of their abilities. I hope the people in the staff who contracted COVID are able to recover as well. And um, just wishing everybody well who has battled this disease and who has been exposed to this disease because... The coronavirus is a real thing. It's a real thing. And you can't fuck around with it. You can't. You just can't. So Democrat, Republican, black, white, indifferent, whatever you are, however you align, please take the coronavirus fucking seriously. Please do so. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 35. Five thirty-five of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel, aka Harry Potter. Um, thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who loves and supports me in this platform. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging on social media platforms. Thank you to all the people who are continuously using their voices to affect change. Please get registered to vote. If you are not, please go out and vote. This is a very important time in the world. Please do not be indifferent to these issues. These issues matter. Black people, your lives matter. Your voices matter and your votes fucking matter. Don't let anybody tell you that. And if you are a black person who believes your vote doesn't matter, please explain to me why. And we'll have open dialogue of if your vote does not matter, why do so many people try and stop you from voting? And I'll leave it there. Um, be safe out there, guys. Have a great week and a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Um, th this week's song, I veered off my R&B path to fade out. 
Um, but I'm going to get back on it soon. I promise, because I do love R&B music. I veered off the path and I've been playing hip hop songs to close. But this week I'm choosing a, a song because it's a rap song and I'm choosing it because the debate reminded me of an old school WWF promo where the wrestlers would, you know, pop junk and talk shit about each other before they would have a, a fight at WrestleMania or SummerSlam or uh, a Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble or some shit because I was really big into wrestling as a kid. Um, so this song is called SummerSlam 88 by Westside Gun off the album Fourth Rope. It's a great song. I think you're going to like it. And I'm choosing it because that debate really just reminded me of an old school WWF promo where Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock or Mick Foley or uh, Vince McMahon would just be popping shit about the next wrestler before they fought. And this whole debate looked like something out of Vince McMahon's uh, best dream. Like it looked like something that he couldn't even do. It was that much like wrestling. So um, this is SummerSlam 88 again by Westside Gun off the album Fourth Rope. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 35. Be good to yourselves and be good to one another. We are out. Hey, yo, it's Westside Pootie. And we're getting my, my, my money. Y'all, bro. No cut on my slabs, you niggas know better. You can tell we working by the porch light. Supply 350s with the on strike. The door flew off after one kick. We robbed everybody, we was on shit. Snatching bricks like Biombo. Fashion week, 10 coppers in the Diablo. Motherfucker, I'm a legend. Motherfucker, I'm a legend. Hey yo, the GLE bands was all go. The bag full of text that all fold. Go yard duffel with the mighty mouse. Four bedrooms, that's a tiny house. I'm about to go stole shopping. We gon' get rich if the O's lockin'. A hundred round drums for you fuck. Be for me, I wish you best of luck. Motherfucker, I'm a legend. G X. Motherfucker, I'm a legend. Hey yo, hey yo, looking like an off-white lookbook. Two bricks for fifty, that's a good. Hey yo, looking like an off-white look. Hey yo, looking like an off-white lookbook. Two bricks for fifty, that's a good look. My chain made your bitch extra wet, extra wet. So I fucked in the test legs. So many chains on, I wish I had an extra neck. Extend no clip, pigging out the cot while it sweats. Baking soda in the recipe. Waking up the pretty bitches laying next to me. And RSVP went Kevin crazy. Club Monet wish he was living so he could paint me. Motherfucker, I'm a legend. 
Motherfucker, I'm a legend Summer Slam 88. Most fun, by the way, you can have with your clothes on. Don, 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 Don. 